must not go back to Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Wizardry. That help will always be given at Hogwarts to those who ask for it. It is not our abilities that show what we truly are. It is our choices. Hey everyone, welcome to Hogwarts, a podcast. Welcome to another episode of Hogwarts, a podcast. We're doing Chapter 5, The Whomping Willow. And we have Molly here. Hello, everyone. Coming off of our big four-person extravaganza. Hopefully you all enjoyed those two chapters. So fun. This is a really cool chapter, I think, uh, for a couple of different reasons. But I had to start off with, we're leaving the burrow. Mm-hmm. And I just had the thought of the burrow or Hogwarts. Ugh. Where, I know I'm starting big. I'm you like throwing are. a big thing out this there right away. Big. But we've just got a big taste of the burrow and how life is at the burrow. And the whole first book, we're learning Harry's thought process of living at Hogwarts and how that's home. Like, his home away from home, and then we get an actual home. Mm-hmm. Oh, So, it's kind of that thought process of, the borough or Hogwarts, where would you rather spend some time? Like, yeah. if you could go to either, where which one would you prioritize? Obviously, both is the answer to that question. For sure. But which would you prioritize? Which would you want to get to more and spend more time? It's oh, such a hard header, Dan. Right out of the gate. Um, I mean... I'm not going to lie. I think where I'd go first would be the borough. Yeah. I'm just such a Weasley fan. I think everybody knows that by now. Um, I don't know. There's just something very attractive, like, about that house. And, like, I don't know. I'm a big family person, too. So I think the idea of just being in this, like, cozy little rundown but, like, homey place, you know, by the fire with... You know, Mrs. Weasley, like, that's, I don't know, that's super attractive to me. She says as she's sitting here knitting. I am. (laughs) Um, um, I'm channeling my inner Mrs. Weasley. (laughs) So you're of the mindset of listening to Celestina Warbeck and tossing gnomes is really where you're going? Yes, especially the gnome tossing part. (laughs) (laughs) Really want to lean into the gnome tossing. No, I think really I just want to have one to hang out with. (laughs) interesting we'll come back to that um no i i I think i agree with you as far as like uh the people involved i i think it would be such a fun experience just hanging out with all of the weasleys Mm -hmm. and and having hermione there and oh yeah and just all of the transient people that come in and out of the house. Yes. yes. I think it'd just be a really, really cool kind of experience and kind of a vibe. Right. Um, I will say, though, that if we're taking people out of it, the castle presents more awesome, cool things to explore that you don't need anybody else for. You can kind of like, Harry, at Christmas, I'm on my own. Yeah. Let me just wander around and explore, and there's some really cool stuff. Yeah. Um, But... Uh, yeah, I don't know. I just thought of it as kind of a cool question as we're leaving the, the borough yeah. for this chapter. So yeah, let us know what you guys would pick. Burrow or Hogwarts? Who do you, who do you pick? Yeah. Um, 
So as they're leaving, Arthur Weasley brings back out the car, which is a little surprising. I get the necessity for it for a couple of different reasons, but I can't believe they convinced Molly Weasley, like, yeah, let's pull out the car after the whole extravaganza of getting Harry out of out of his house. Um, but yeah, the, the idea of a magically expanded car for a guy that takes a lot of road trips, that's so amazing it's clutch trunk space is awesome <laughs> yeah yeah and i like harry's thought of like how are we gonna fit like all these people all these big trunks mm-hmm. all of the the bird cages the owl cages and stuff like that it's like there's no way right i've been in that car look at our instagram my first picture on our instagram is me in that car <laughs> and i can barely fit in the front seat mm-hmm. so uh and you know i am i am very tall I get yes. that. But so is Ron. Mm-hmm. So are the twins. They are. So they're taller individuals. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I can't... Did they, did they say, like, five of them were sitting in the back Yeah, because it was Percy, the twins, Harry, and, and Ron. Ron. And then Ginny and Mrs. Weasley in the front. What I thought was interesting, too, is the park bench. Like, that doesn't sound too comfortable. No. <laughs> I, the other thing I thought of was like, <laughs> Mrs. Weasley is like, oh, this is so much more roomier than it looks out from the outside. I'm like, Molly. Right. Come on now. Right. You're in a flying car. Right. Um, <laughs> you know he tricked that out. Yeah. Uh, Arthur's got some tricks in the bags. Don't, don't underestimate Arthur. Right. Right. But. Um, Ooh. What if you had. A pimp my ride wizard <laughs> edition. Wizard edition. Uh, oh, if you're not familiar with pimp my ride, <laughs> sorry, we're millennials here. <laughs> that was an MTV show. Yes. Um, which was I'm awesome. So sorry, Dan. I, did, I really did not expect this to take a pimp my ride turn, but I'm kind of enjoying it. Uh, so. Yeah, it was Pin My Ride and even going further back, Cribs. Ooh, yeah. Burrow on the Cribs. Oh, heck yeah. Oh, that would be really cool. Cribs Wizard Edition. <laughs> I was just about to say, I think we were about to go to the same spot. Could you imagine Molly and Arthur taking you right. around the burrow in like an episode of Cribs? Right. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Um, <laughs> I really want that now. I know. Oh, gosh. So, yeah. Uh, the Weasleys, per per usual, um, have like speed bump after speed bump, and they keep having to go back to mm-hmm. the borough to get different things. Um, with that many people, it's amazing they only went back like three times or four times or however many yeah. times they did. Yeah. At least Harry didn't forget Hedwig this time. Right. Uh, they finally get to platform nine and three quarters. They kind of rush through. I understand why Molly goes with Ginny. Mm-hmm. Um. I kind of wonder why Arthur didn't, like, hang back and just make sure everyone got through. Right. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I don't know why he had to go with the twins or maybe to make sure they didn't, like, blow something up on the other side. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But, yeah. Uh, So, obviously, Harry and Ron get blocked um, by the the door. Mm -hmm. And then they come up with this brilliant just stunningly educated idea <laughs> to drive the car fly the car yeah 
to Hogwarts. Right. In broad daylight. Yep. After what they all went through just a couple of weeks ago, I'm assuming it's a couple of weeks ago, right? There's a time yeah. jump. There's a little bit of a time jump. I, I feel like there is, yeah. Yeah, because he spends like a month there, right? He spends like a full month. I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. So after they went through a couple of weeks ago with Molly Weasley, mm-hmm. this is their idea. The genius idea. Okay. Yeah. Um, we can get into it a little bit more in the spoiler section because I have some thoughts, but... yeah. Uh, and I know I've been criticized on this podcast <laughs> for saying that Harry and Ron have had some really, truly brilliant moments. We're just like, come on. Yeah. What are you doing? Uh, but I was not alone in thinking that this time. No, you weren't. I was I was on the same page with you, Dan. Yeah. I, like, I, I just, you know, with what you said, going back to Molly's reaction to begin with, and then like... I mean, but I guess, too, like, you're young kids, you're making a panic decision. Panic does do some crazy things <laughs> to your mind. I will give them that. Yeah, but still, like, I, this is a moment where you're like, where's, where's Hermione? Where's Hermione to just pump the brakes on this whole <laughs> scenario? It's, <laughs> yeah. I, I, get, I get the panic, and I get the, the whole being late thing. And that's scary because I know as, I, as when I was a student, I was almost never late to class because I right. hated being late to class. Forget the start of term feast and the whole thing. Right. But you got to think Molly and Arthur are going to get back there some way, shape or form. Right. Like. Right. Yeah. I don't know. I do enjoy the car ride uh, over. <laughs> and it's a very realistic like, oh, my gosh, this is so fun. Yeah. And then like two hours into the journey, they're like. I'm hot. <laughs> I need something to drink. I have mm-hmm. nothing to drink. Mm-hmm. This is now not as fun as I thought it would be. <laughs> it's a very realistic, like, roller coaster arc. Right. I don't know why they just don't let Hedwig out and let her fly. Uh, especially what happens when they get to Hogwarts finally. Right. And of all of the places that they could possibly land, they land in this ancient whomping willow tree. That takes particular enjoyment in just beating things. Mm-hmm. Beating, yeah. I mean, his branches literally end up in, like, gigantic clubs. Yeah. But the car kind of reminds me a little bit of Wizard's Chess, especially what happens right after they land. Mm-hmm. And that, um, <laughs> so in Wizard's Chess, you have inanimate objects. Right. That are, like, magically made mm-hmm. to interact with you and respond. And if you're not doing correct moves and you keep doing them over and over again they'll just flat out refuse yeah and i feel like that's happening with the car mm-hmm. of like it's an inanimate object obviously right. but it's like what are you two doing mm-hmm. you're done get out of here i'm on my own <laughs> <laughs> like forget you guys yeah uh, it was just a very, is this like magical artificial intelligence or something of mm-hmm. like and how does that happen? Yeah. No, I very much like that the car has its, like, own personality. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, yeah, it just gets... Just a weird side effect of magic? Right. Well, yeah. Because hmm. not like Arthur was like, I need this car to talk to me on, like, long journeys or whatever. <laughs> right, right. Well, I guess, too, it's, like, that whole muggle artifact thing. Like, whatever magic you put into it, it's, it's gonna... Or is it just things that aren't intended... To be magical. 
and you're Maybe. putting magic into them, and then they have like a reaction to it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I don't know. That would, that's that's very like that's a at super... least in the case of the car because the chess pieces. I'm assuming that's a specific form of magic, right? Whereas the car, this seems different from the chess pieces, right? But also similar, right? At least in my head. Yeah. <laughs> so no, that's like a super interesting topic to go down because and like you well like you said with Arthur's job right and having so many spells and jinxes and hexes put on regular objects that mm-hmm. shouldn't normally have those things put right. on them and then all of it going horribly horribly wrong mm-hmm. so I, I I don't know that maybe that's the reason yeah but I don't know why a teapot in a muggle world would react so poorly and a and a wizard teapot would just do its job perfectly. Mm-hmm. I don't know why that would be different. Right. I don't know. Unless it's a specifically manufactured wizard teapot. <laughs> I don't know. Right? I don't know. It's made with magic. Therefore, it right. is. I don't know. Right. Whatever. Food for thought. Yeah. I, I don't. I don't know really yeah, if there's an answer to any of that, but. Who knows? It's an interesting topic to explore. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just something that I thought of that was kind of weird. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you weren't the only one to agree with me that this was a dumb decision by Harry and Ron. Snape, McGonagall, and Dumbledore all were very confused on how they came to this <laughs> logic of this is clearly the best option for you. Right. Which, uh, selfishly for me, Gave me a very, like, satisfied reaction while reading it. I'm like, finally, someone's telling them, you're an idiot. Right. (laughs) What are you doing? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But with that being said, uh, I do have to admit that when McGonagall started presenting alternative options, she Mm -hmm. presented the, like, well, why didn't you just send Hedwig? Right. Like, you had Hedwig. Why didn't you just send Hedwig to us? Mm -hmm. And when I read that sentence, I'm like, you... Tell them, Minerva. You tell them. <laughs> and then I thought about it for a half second after I read that sentence, and I'm like, it's not like sending owls is the most foolproof way. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you literally, you just had Dobby in chapter two tell you that he was stealing your letters for an entire summer. Yeah. So why couldn't he just do that again? That's a good point. Or another entity, just do that again. It's not like it's a very safe, foolproof way of like, this will definitely get through. Yeah. Um, so I'm like, okay, yes, that is an option that they certainly should have at least tried. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But also it's like, okay, well, you know, that probably wouldn't have worked. Mm-hmm. I mean, if platform nine and three quarters is being blocked, maybe a more elaborate way of communicating might have been needed. Yeah. Um, so I, I was, I caught myself in kind of this like, yeah, Harry and Ron, how dumb do you have to be yeah. to think this is the best option? And then I was like, oh, well, some of their other options probably weren't going to work then. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I will, I think that's the um, Minerva, you know, Ravenclaw part of her coming out. Like that logical, like, just send a letter, you know? Well, um, to be fair, I don't. There's spoiler parts of this that we can get into. Yeah. As to why that specifically might not work. Yeah. 
Um, For sure. Which we can get into. But uh, yeah, so I had a very conflicting, like, literal minute where I read the sentence and I'm like, yes! And then, oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> kind of moment. Right. But anyway, I highly enjoyed even Snape just being yes. like, you guys yeah. are idiots. Yes. What um, would you have done, Dan? If I was them in that situation, yeah. uh, truthfully, I would have waited for Molly and Arthur yeah. um, to come through and just trusted in that. Because if they had an issue coming back through Platform mm-hmm. 9 and 3 quarters, then I have two adults that are witnesses to the, hey, there's a problem here. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure they're not the only ones that came through Platform 9 and 3 quarters. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sure many wizarding families came in and out of there, so they wouldn't be the only ones trying to get out either. Yeah. So it won't be a mystery. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would have just waited probably yeah. and been like, okay, I'm probably going to be late, or at least I missed the train. Well, the train's gone now, so mm-hmm. that's not an option. Right. So maybe you know Molly and Arthur can write a letter or get you there somehow or they can figure out a way to drive the car so it's not on me like two <laughs> times in a row uh or what have you yeah um would have probably been how i handled it i would have just waited okay. for them how about you Ooh, um i honestly i probably would have waited too but what i'm thinking what came to mind for me is is the is that platform does that go out like you can get in but can you get out that same way I would think so, because it's a gateway, right? Yeah. Or would it create a traffic jam? It probably would. We never hear of it. Although, logically speaking, yeah, I'm sure there's people that run into each other all the time. (laughs) Especially just going in. Like, how are you, especially if you go at it with a run? Like, how are you not running into somebody on the other side? Exactly. I mean, I'm sure it happens all the time. Right. Yeah. But yeah, that is a fair question. Yeah. Yeah. Unless it like you come in one way and then you go through it, but you come out somewhere else, or it's right. like some magical little like transportation thing. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. That's a fair question. Yeah. But you so, would have also waited for the most part. Yeah, I probably would have waited. I honestly too, I might have sent an owl as well. I would have done both. I just would have been like the good kid, just sitting there like, oh, I, I what to do. I would have panicked, but I would have. <laughs> opted for patience yeah and especially how young they are well and here's an example of ron probably being a bad influence on harry mm-hmm. and that if harry was just probably alone mm-hmm. he probably would have waited yeah um but since ron was like i know magic i know these things <laughs> we can do this right okay yeah. i guess that makes sense yeah but anyway, you get more Snape taunting mm-hmm. in his office, which his office was exactly how you'd picture Snape's office to be. Oh, yeah. Dank, dark, yes. cold. Um, halfway down to the dungeons, mm-hmm. or closer to the dungeons, yeah. uh, which would just be a depressing place to be. Yeah. In general. Yeah. I don't know that I would opt for that, but, you know, hey, whatever. Okay. Uh, and then Dumbledore's disappointment versus anger. Yeah. And I think that's an interesting theme of just, like, it's that father figure that you just, they don't get mad, they just get to, like, Arthur. I could feel like this would be worse for the twins. Right. If Arthur was, like, if he had reacted, he reacted in a very special way anyway to them taking the car. But if he was more disappointed in them Mm -hmm. than angry, Mm -hmm. I think they would have 
felt much worse. Yeah. Um, but it's just that I take it as a fatherly thing of just like, I'm so disappointed in you right now. I expected better. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, that crushes my soul. Why can't you just yell right. at me for five minutes? Yeah. And that would be better. <laughs> like There is something about, like, with your parents, like, the disappointment versus the anger. Yeah. Like, sometimes you're just like, oh, yeah, you're right. That was dumb. I'm so sorry. <laughs> and I, I'm assuming it's, like, a hundred times worse with Dumbledore, considering, like... Oh, yeah. His position, his stature, his reputation. Mm-hmm. And he's at you know, darn near perfect. And he's like, you guys clearly aren't. Be better. (laughs) Be better. Um, (laughs) uh, That kind of whole thing just kind of struck out to me as like a a palpable, almost I could feel that Mm -hmm. kind of thing. Yeah. Um, So, yeah. And then the the plate, just refilling with sandwiches. But this goes back to our conversation about food that we had yes. in one of the previous episodes yeah of like she conjured a plate with sandwiches and drinks mm-hmm. that presumably refilled themselves right how did that work right is she just conjuring stuff that's already in the kitchens it, mm. did she conjure a spell that let them know in the kitchens like hey we need food here just keep refilling this yeah. Like, how did that work? And I know I'm probably looking way too far into it because no. I'm pretty sure JK didn't intend anybody to look this far into this detail. <laughs> but I don't know. Yeah. So, but wouldn't that be a wondrous life? Oh my God, that'd be awesome. <laughs> it would get me in a lot of trouble. It would get me, I'd have to work out constantly. <laughs> but, well, you could sit there. You could be on an exercise bike and just keep conjuring sandwiches as your fuel while you It'd just... be very useful if you're running, like, ultra marathons. Yeah. And just having, like, food <laughs> to, like... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Oh, man. Anyway. All right. There is some stuff in the spoiler section that we want to get to. We've already kind of skirted one of those things. So we'll pause right here, take a break, and we'll be back with spoilers. Amazing! This is just like magic! All right. So we are back from the break. And I just wanted to kind of double back to the whole closing of pat- platform nine and three quarters, and you know, kind of we kind of skirted the spoilers there <laughs> um, in the non-spoiler section. But my reaction to what McGonagall said as an option is like, yeah, it's a very logical and obviously the right way to go with it, but. We've already had Dobby stealing letters, like I mentioned. Mm-hmm. And spoilers, he's the one that did the magic to close Platform 9 and 3 quarters. So he's there, mm-hmm. or near there, or wherever, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, where is Dobby? Like, how did he do that? Well, so, I imagine his magic has got to be quite substantial yeah. to be able to do that. Right. Like, he's got to be extremely powerful, right? Yeah. And I don't know, and truthfully, I don't know if that's all house elves, mm-hmm. or if he's just particularly talented. Right. I don't know. I would assume it's all house elves are generally very magically powerful. Right. But, um, but yeah, so if he's powerful enough to close that passageway, 
with wizards everywhere, presumably trying to get in and out, I'd mm-hmm. assume. Right. That in the few minutes that they're there, at least somebody would have tried to come out as the train is leaving. Right. That's got to be a powerful form of magic. So the idea of sending a letter, he already stole Summersworth letters. That's probably not going to work. Yeah. Um, and McGonagall's not aware of any of this. Right. That's um, true. I'm not, I, I don't think, Dumbledore knows a lot of stuff. Yeah. I don't know that he's clued in to <laughs> the role that Dobby's playing in this whole thing yet. Right. Um, so not again to say that there are other options that they could have had that would have been successful. Like mm-hmm. we've mentioned in other episodes, Dumbledore is not going to let Harry not be at Hogwarts. Like Harry's going to be at Hogwarts. Yeah. So, well, as powerful as Dobby may be, I don't think even he can stop that from happening. <laughs> so it's going to happen. Uh, which again, Harry does isn't aware of, mm-hmm. so he's just in this panicked mode of like, "No, I could wait here. It's fine. It'll all be good." Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, <laughs> I get it. Um, but that was just kind of my thought process on the whole. Yeah. Uh, McGonagall and Snape and Dumbledore being disappointed, but like, what were they really going to do? Just them. Mm-hmm. Like they had no real course of action right. available to them other than waiting. Right. For an adult to help them. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I don't know. What, what do you think about the whole Dobby thing with uh, making his mark very early, even yes. though we don't know it's Dobby here? Right. Right. He's playing a big role. He is. Yeah. As you wear your Dobby socks, I think. Uh, right? Yes, I have on Dobby socks tonight. Um, Appropriately themed. Yes. I like it. Yes. My dog stole them one time. He, like, picked him up. He was, like, running. Sorry, this is totally, like, out of left field. But he, like, picked him up and he had it, like, one hanging out of his mouth and he was running around. I'm like, you got it. Molly, is he trying to be free? Is that what you're telling me right now? he's trying to be free. You gave him socks. That counts, right? I know, right? (laughs) Sorry. Side tangent. Totally out of left field. (laughs) I just had that image pop up in my head. I was like, oh, that... Odin stole my socks. <laughs> my dummy socks. One of these days uh, for Halloween, you should just put like an old pillowcase like around him and give him yes! a sock. Oh, yes. <laughs> It'd be the best day of his dog life. <laughs> the best day of your life, taking like a thousand pictures of him. Yes. Um, hey, actually do that. We'll put it up on our Instagram. All right. I will. I will. Um, anywho. All right. <laughs> so. <laughs> Master has given Odin a sock. <laughs> Oh, oh man, boy. that Instagram post is going to be great. Um, <laughs> so anyway, uh, other spoilers that we can get to. Um, Snape catching them, and that conversation that they have initially in the dungeon before McGonagall and Dumbledore get there, mm-hmm. I think is really, really interesting. Mm-hmm. They have that notion that he's reading minds again. Yes. Which, truthfully... Well, obviously, it's not reading minds because he read it in the Evening Prophet. <laughs> so even though they're getting the feeling that he is, he doesn't have to here because what right. they did was so obnoxiously obvious. Right. Um, but there's still that seeding that, hey, Snape is reading my mind or figuring mm-hmm. out my emotions or figuring out whatever. He's got an extra sense available to him, mm-hmm. um, which is just interesting, even though, um, yeah, I don't think he even bothered too. Right, right. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I don't think he's, uh, Snape's not at the point yet where he has to up his level of magic 
to try to get anything out of these guys. Yeah. <laughs> so, but you can kind of see also Snape kind of comparing Harry and Ron to James and Sirius, even though you have no idea. If you're reading this for the first time, hopefully you're not listening to spoilers, but yes. if you're reading this for the first time, um, they completely lost on you. Right. Because there's, I mean, obviously Dumbledore mentions that Snape knows his father mm-hmm. and it was not exactly the greatest relationship. Uh, but we don't know the details that we do later, which get into very specific events. But you can kind of get that sense that Snape is just completely, you are your father. You are that idiot best friend that he had. You are whatever. Right. I'm using Snape's words. I don't think Sirius is an idiot. But <laughs> they did yeah. they did do some stupid stuff, too, back in the day. Yeah. Uh, as talented as they were, they did some dumb stuff. That but, is a very James and Sirius... Oh, 100%. You know? Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I think I think Anna made a, mentioned it in a previous episode. Uh, and forgive me, because it's been a long time since I've read this. Uh, so I might get the details wrong. But I believe the first Harry Potter thing that J.K. wrote after all of the books came out mm-hmm. for Pottermore then, mm-hmm. uh, Wizarding World Now, was a little short story about James and Sirius um, taking the motorbike out for a ride oh, at night that's... and then running into like a death eater or some dark wizard or something like that. Something mm-hmm. happened or maybe it was just police. I, I can't even remember. I can't remember the details cause it's, it's been a minute, yeah. but, um, but something similar of like yeah. taking the motorbike out for a joy ride and then running into some, you know, trouble. Right. Um, so yeah, it's a very James serious thing. It is. But yeah. So I, I, those are just some, kind of comparisons I made with Snape half-hearted, like, interrogating them, but just wanting them expelled, really. Right. Because he probably sees Sirius and, or, yeah, Sirius and James. But if you're Snape, you know he can't be expelled. As much as you want it, you know that there's more at play here, right, at this point? Uh, Maybe, maybe not. Because I mean, we don't know, like, how much Dumbledore is... Has told him yet? Right. Has really confided in with him, you know? I mean, he's told to protect them or watch out for them, right? That's why he's right. there. That's why he's the one sent out. Right. It's like, right. I mean, there, there's a purpose mm-hmm. why Snape was the one to find them near the Whomping Willow. Yeah. It's like, Dumbledore's like, where the hell are these two kids? You. Right. <laughs> like, go, right. go out there and go find them. Right. Um, Could have been McGonagall, but wasn't. No. Um, could have been Hagrid, but wasn't. Yeah. It's like, which is just an interesting also kind of, because you know Dumbledore trusts McGonagall, and you know he trusts Hagrid, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, this bond that he places between Snape and Harry, I think, is really, really interesting. It is, yeah. That's like, and I know it comes from Lily. Mm-hmm. Everything stems from Lily, but it's just like, Dumbledore places an immense amount of trust in, like, because you loved her, you're going to protect him, mm-hmm. no matter what. Right. So, I don't know why Snape is like, <laughs> let's get you expelled, so I have to watch your butt from, like... <laughs> right. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> right. Um, it's, it's just, that was a really deep, long-rooted <laughs> way to get to... Right. Uh, Snape 
apparently wanting to protect him from, like, right. across the country. You know, I wonder, too, though, like, is Snape being how he is with Harry also, too, kind of, like, a long play, like, on Boldy? Oh, as in, like... Like, the way that he's treated him, like... Do you get what I'm saying with that? Yeah, so, twofold. Um, How Snape is treating Harry is like, see, I've treated this kid terribly the entire time. I'm not with him. Right. And then secondarily, it's... And I think Snape plays this card, is I've been at Hogwarts this entire time. I've been, like, your most Mm -hmm. valuable plant. Right. Like, I'm in the system. Right. You know, kind of thing. Right. Like, I've been trying to get him expelled so yeah. that you could, you know what I mean, get his clutches. I don't know. Like he he finds some, oh, I'm failing at the moment to remember his creative excuse for why he stopped Voldy from getting the Sorcerer's Stone. Mm-hmm. I'm forgetting his excuse for that at the moment, so apologies for that. Yeah. But um, it, that excuse comes way later. Yeah. Um. That's really the only hiccup that I think Snape has. Right. I think he's got a pretty easy excuse for everything else that he does. Right. Minus that, where he mm-hmm. had to come up with something. Yeah. Um, but. I may um, be delving too deep into that, but. No, I think it's fair. Yeah. I, th- I think it's a very fair thought of. Um, he's aware, because I mean, Dumbledore and him have at least had the conversation of like, mm-hmm. he's not gone yet. Mm-hmm. He's still around. Mm-hmm. So, and especially after the events of book one. Right. So, I think they've probably had a discussion of like, hey, if this happens, this is how you're going to play it? Mm-hmm. Maybe. And, and Snape's not an idiot either. I mean, right. as much as people, you know, dislike him or whatever, he's a smart, shrewd, oh, yeah. competent dude. So, obviously. Right. He, he knows how to play the game a little bit. Mm-hmm. And the reading minds thing, he, he's talented. Right. In both versions of Reading Minds. Right. So, he kind of knows how to play that spy game a little bit. Right. And too, I mean, I guess it makes it more believable. Uh, I'm going real deep into spoilers here. Maybe it makes it more believable too when he kills Dumbledore. Yeah. Yeah. All these little like, oh my gosh, I can't believe Dumbledore did this again. That's the wrong call. Yeah. Oh my gosh, Dumbledore, why would you do this? Right. Kind of questioning him over right. and over and over again. Right. I don't know. I still think Snape can be a total jerk. He's playing his role well. Yes. Uh, so, you know, again, we've maligned Snape early on. Um, <laughs> Anna railed me for even defending him a little bit. Uh, I feel like I'm going to get it now after I was like, trying to defend him. Well, no, I mean, they're... I'm just trying to figure him out. No, but I think you're right in that I think he is, to a point, playing a role. Yeah. As much as he is that person. Right. You know what I'm saying? For sure. He he is that person. Don't mistake what Molly and I are saying. Mm -hmm. He has character flaws, and he has issues, and he has things that don't make him a great human being. Yes. For sure. Neither of us are saying that. But... I think he is playing up some of those traits Mm -hmm. to, like you said, play that role well and sell it. Mm -hmm. Um, 
does he like Harry? No. No. No, he does not. <laughs> um, and, and like I said when I was defending him on Neville, does he uh, have a tolerance for stupidity? No. Mm-hmm. No, he does not. Like, incompetence is a real pet peeve of his. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, and he can't hide that. But that also plays up to his whole indignant yeah. role. Right. So, um, is he as horrible and evil as he comes across in these books? No. But that does not mean he's a good or great guy mm-hmm. either. Right. Uh, which I think is kind of the point. Right. Which makes his character great. Right. I, I think, objectively speaking, his character is phenomenal because there's a lot of depth there. Yeah. Um, which we can continue to get into as oh, right. we already spent much more time talking about Snape than I thought we were going to. No. This spoiler. I'm interested to hear Anna's take on that. I'm, I'm sure, sure she'll, she'll have a take. take. <laughs> she'll have a take. Um, now it will be interesting because you agree with me, so right? she can't just hate on me. I know I have to get myself prepared again. <laughs> so the the one of the other things that happened in this chapter. Uh, when they're <laughs> continuing to go back and forth to the burrow to get George's, uh, Fred, Fred or George's broom, um, or uh, something Ron forgot, something Harry forgot. There were a lot of things. Um, I think it was the filibuster fireworks. Yes. Broom. Yes. Ron's broom? No. Or Fred and George both lost individual things. I think, okay, I I'm can't trying remember. to remember. I think it's George that forgot his fireworks, and I think it's Fred that forgot his broom. That's fair. That would make sense. Yeah. Um, Ginny also leaves something behind. Yes. She leaves behind her diary, and I forget the word they use, but she, like she shrieked in the car when she heard yeah. or something like that. Yeah. It was a very aggressive reaction when she found <laughs> out. Yes. Um, which, obviously, the diary plays a massive role in this book. And clearly, Ginny has already, in the... Uh, this hasn't even been a full month because they just went to Diagon Alley presumably like a week or two ago, maybe. Mm-hmm. So in that relatively short span of time, she's become very connected to it. Yeah. Which is a hint at just how dangerous this object is. Mm-hmm. That someone can be so drawn to it so completely, so quickly. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and again, I'm inferring that because I know what ends up happening. If you're reading this for the first time, you're like, oh, she wants to write about her crush on Harry, <laughs> which is probably true, but, yes. um, there's yes. obviously a more nefarious reason for everything. I still love the idea of, like, Ginny just, like, gushing in her diary of, like, these, You think like, she doodled creating. Harry Potter and Tom Riddle's like, oh my god. <laughs> right? <laughs> just, like, I feel like you can see him just, like, bleh, like, the vomit face, like. <laughs> I imagine a deep eye roll and then I'm like, okay, how can I play this? Yes. <laughs> like, yes. It's like, oh my god, here we go again. Why is she drawing another lightning bolt on this page? Oh, all right. <laughs> Uh, Ginny Potter. <laughs> XOXO. <laughs> that, that made me throw up a little bit in my mouth right there, but that's fine. That's fine. I'm going to soldier on with this podcast. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, speaking of uh, the Weasleys and Ginny and some Gryffindors, uh, this statement popped out at me too. 
of Gryffindors when Harry and Ron get back to the common room. There's everybody's waiting up for them, and there's this explosion of cheering and laughing and yelling about, like, oh my goodness, did you just crash a car into the Whomping Willow? Like, yeah. what? Because you know what happens, even though three or four people knew intimately the details of it, mm-hmm. the entire school knew. I don't know if everybody gets the evening profit at the school. I'm sure maybe some do. Yeah. Um, but even if, like, a handful of people get the evening profit, that whole school knows every detail by the time the feast is over. Oh, for sure. Like, I'm sure the Great Hall was buzzing. Oh, yeah. So, you know, they're all waiting up afterwards, and <laughs> a couple of them, I think it was uh, Dean or Seamus or whoever, one of them, was like, we'll be talking about this for years. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, normally, you probably would. Mm-hmm. But in this school, in the time of Harry Potter, <laughs> this is a mere blip <laughs> on the radar. That I would love to know right. how many of these students truly were like, remember that ninth, second year when <laughs> Harry crashed a car into the Lomping Willow? Right. Or if they're talking about the Chamber of Secrets, or if they're talking about what happened in... Remember the werewolf we had for a teacher? Or four, or five, or six. It's like, oh my god, there's so much stuff where this barely qualifies as a memory. It's like, you know? Right, right. I'm sure I could see, like, sometime in Seven, like, in the moments that we don't get in the books, like, someone just being like, Mm -hmm. remember the good old days when you got pummeled by a whomping willow? Right. Like, when those were the hard times? Right. Or whatever. Well, do you think that they have Hogwarts reunions? Maybe oh, they bring God, them. I hope they do. Right? Like, oh, do you think they would I bring that up do. at the reunions? Like... <laughs> that would be so awesome. <laughs> I've never thought of that before, but I really love that idea. Yeah. Like, hey, like, we had all this bad stuff happen, but... <laughs> do you think you get people from other years just trying to go to the Harry, Hermione, Ron reunion just because and trying to get in? <laughs> I was in your year. Right. You remember me, right? Yeah. Um, For sure. Things like that. Where, yeah, that'd be that'd be really interesting. Yeah. I, I really hope that they all have Hogwarts reunions. Or could you imagine being like Neville teaching herbology? Yeah. And just have some idiot, like, second year mm-hmm. come through your class talking about whatever drama was going on and mm-hmm. him just like, stop. You don't know what (laughs) real (laughs) trauma is, all right? I killed a snake with a sword. (laughs) There was a battle. (laughs) This wall behind me, completely gone. Right. I was dropping devil's snare on people. (laughs) You don't know how many people I've killed, all right? Just Neville. Right. Neville alone. Oh, that'd be... Sorry, I'm taking another turn with this. That reminds me of that SNL skit where (laughs) (laughs) Harry is like the, he's just like hanging out at Hogwarts and he's like boasting about like his days. It's like, I think, yeah, I'm pretty sure that that was an SNL skit. Well, now you have me. The only Harry Potter SNL skit I can think of (laughs) was like Jimmy Fallon and Rachel Dratch were <laughs> Harry oh. and Ron. Yeah. Rachel Dratch played Ron. Yeah. <laughs> and, and Lindsay Lohan oh, yeah. was Hermione. Yeah. And she was wearing a very low-cut yes. shirt. And they're like, hey, guys, how how was your summer? <laughs> oh. <laughs> Hermione, how was your summer? What happened That's to you this summer? That's right. That was a hilarious skit. Yes. 
yes we took a turn (laughs) yeah we took a wow okay yeah another place where i did not expect this to go but yeah all right so So, uh that will wrap up our spoiler section we hope you enjoyed this very entertaining episode uh and our random offshoot tangents (laughs) um check us out on twitter and instagram uh we're posting a lot of cool stuff so engage with us all the time uh we want to hear your thoughts so let us know And we'll see you on the next one. Thank you for listening to Hogwarts, a podcast. If you like what you've heard, please click the subscribe button on your preferred podcasting app and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Hogwarts a Pod.